White Hot Magazine, one of the world's leading platforms and institutions for contemporary art. Visit us online at whitehotmagazine.com and follow us on social media. Today, my guests are the founders of the NFT platform Super Rare. I have John Crane, Jonathan Perkins, and Charles Crane. John Crane is the founder and CEO of Super Rare Labs. Prior to Super Rare, John led product for block apps at Consensus, working with Fortune 500s, exploring use cases for smart contracts and leveraging open data. Before falling down the crypto rabbit hole, John worked in advertising as a creative technologist for Digitas North America. Jonathan Perkins is co-founder and CPO of Super Rare Labs. Jonathan's career spanned art and technology with a background in digital arts and media. Before becoming a software engineer through a passion for entrepreneurship and building products people love. Charles Crane is the co-founder and CTO of Super Rare Labs. Charles built scalable data management systems at Artnet. After Artnet, he joined Block Apps and worked on their in-house Ethereum uh, node, as well as smart contract monitoring tools. Additionally, he designed and implemented privacy-preserving blockchain solutions for Quorum and JP Morgan Chase. Charles is a function programming evangelist and has contributed to PureScript and Haskell tooling to both Ethereum and Cosmos ecosystems. Super Rare has helped artists and collectors around the world sell over $94 million worth of art, total volume sales. Um, over $50 million has been earned by artists since launch. There's 1,400 plus artists on the platform. And there's other statistics that you can look up. The highest price for an artwork, uh, 1735000 on March 24th, 2021. Secondary sale was Death Dip by X Copy. A uh, bit about the timeline. October 2017, prototyping began for the initial version of Super Rare by co-founders John Crane, Charles Crane, and Jonathan Perkins. April 2018, Super Rare launched on Ethereum Maintenet. Uh, first artwork minted on the marketplace, AI-generated nude portrait number one by Robbie Barat, collected by Jason Bailey at Artnome. Pioneered artist royalties of 10% on secondary sales in the market in perpetuity. First sale over $1,000 and the first artist royalty earned. AI-generated nude portrait number four by Robbie Barat. July 2018, Christie's Blockchain Summit, giving away 300 unique digital fragments of an artwork by Robbie Barat. Uh, it goes on and on and on. And then now, here we are in March 2021, Super Rare Marketplace volume reaches 30 million per month. Super Rare raises 9 million in Series A financing round from top tier investors. First time an artist reached 1 million earnings is PAC. SuperRare.com slash PAC. 
first sale over 500,000 Mars House by Christy Kim sold for $512,712 on 17th of March 2021 and there's some other things Death Dip by X Copy sold for $1,735,000 on March 24th, 2021 as a secondary sale remains the highest sales record on the platform. So then I heard about the token, the super rare token, and I wanted to ask them about the super rare token and a few other things. So here's the conversation on the White Hot Magazine Art World Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Becker. So um, I have Charles Crane, Jonathan Perkins, and John Crane on the podcast today. And um, there's a lot of buzz happening right now because of the super rare token. But I'm not going to jump into that immediately. I just uh, wanted to see how you guys are doing. And maybe you could talk a little bit about how you came together in the first place. Yeah, Uh, well, doing great. And, you know, excited to be on the podcast. So thanks for having us. Oh, my pleasure. Um, Yeah, so I guess just a little bit of background on the three of us. So you might notice that, you know, two of us have the same last name. So uh, Charles and I are brothers and Jonathan is our older cousin. So, um, you know, we'd actually been working together on various, um, you know, creative projects technical projects for a while. And so um, this is just uh, the most exciting one we've had the pleasure of working together on. Super rare in general or, or the token that I was just mentioning? Oh, uh, uh, super rare in general. Mm-hmm. And um, were, were you all involved in tech before that? Uh, yep, so yeah, involved in tech in different capacities. So I guess maybe the other guys can speak to their background, mm-hmm. but um, I studied architecture and actually civil engineering, and then kind of made the shift to do, I learned about processing while I was in college, went and worked in advertising in New York for a little while, and then I'm kind of slowly started falling down uh, the cryptocurrency rabbit hole after learning about Bitcoin. I see. And what about you, Jonathan? Um, yeah, well, uh, hey, Noah, thanks for, hey. having, uh, thanks for having us on the podcast. Welcome. Again. Super stoked to be here. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, my background prior to starting Super Rare, um, the, the common thread through um, most of what I've done is, is art and technology. So uh, I started out my career, um, or in, in college, I studied um, digital media production, so audio, video, like digital arts. Um, kind of the more technical side, you know, technical and creative side of things. Um, and uh, from there, I kind of had the entrepreneurial itch and uh, realized, uh, you know, through a couple of failed endeavors that I needed to learn to code. Um, and so, uh, you know, became a self-taught software engineer over the, you know, the coming five, 10 years. Um, and but always, always with like a, uh, you know, kind of a more creative and, and product uh, hat. Um, and that's kind of how I entered into, uh, the, the crypto space. 
And uh, John and Charles and I would, would always get together and you know, talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and stuff. Um, but not being a finance guy myself, I never really like um, felt pulled to jump into um, you know, the crypto space as a founder until we started seeing these really interesting glimmers of um, what, you know, what would form into NFTs later. So, you know, things like, like game, you know, gaming and digital art and digital trading cards and, and stuff like that happening, like these weird, like art and blockchain projects. Um, and so when I saw that, I was, uh, you know, kind of forming, um, again, the three of us would, would get together and in a bar in Brooklyn and, and, uh, you know, start nerding out over this stuff. And um, to me, it seemed like a really super interesting uh, way to, um, you know, to tackle art and technology in a totally new way and uh, create a new platform mm -hmm. that could that could help artists make money on the internet. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Charles? Uh, sure. And yeah, thanks again for for having us. No problem. <clears throat> um, yeah. So my background, I uh, I've always sort of been into gaming and and whatnot as a kid and very kind of technical. Like built my own computer and. Kind of that that led organically into studying computer engineering in school so that was where i got the kind of like foundation of my technical background and um uh my first real job out of college actually was working at artnet which is a like a tech company for the traditional art world so i got exposed or i got some like first real job experience there but also got um exposed to the um way that the traditional art market works Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, at that point, I never really had any idea that future work would be related to that. But I, um, I fell down the crypto hole after John, uh, after hanging out with John a lot in New York City. So that was, that was where I had that job. Mm -hmm. And um, kind of just, like they said, we would hang out a lot. Uh, I ended up joining a startup with John, uh, where I got like, seriously involved in um, building some of the um, internal technical stuff that runs Ethereum and uh, or got exposed to some of that and uh, you know uh, after that and having a couple beers with these guys uh, and working on other projects yeah we we decided to to launch Super Air and I really think that my experience at Artnet and the understanding of kind of the limitations of the traditional art world gave us a little bit of an edge in that we could we saw the potential of the market just because of the kind of gatekeeping that's going on uh, in the in the regular world. I see. And uh, so you came together and had a plan. Um, so let me ask uh, a few questions about the super rare token. Um, uh, maybe John, I'll just go back and forth between you a bit. John, maybe you can tell me how you got the idea to do a token and what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. So the, you know, I think the token idea really started in, you know, super as a, you know, a software product has always been, you know, peer to peer and that on super rare artists are directly selling artworks, um, you know, to collectors and, you know, kind of the, the decentralized ethos that's, you know, pretty prevalent in, yeah, cryptocurrency market um, has, you know, has always been part of the product. You know, we were really interested in a lot of the different technologies. And these types of tokens are one of the interesting 
you know, kind of like, I don't know, inventions or innovations, whatever you want to call it. That's it's sort of this new thing that you can have. Um, and, you know, it's in a very experimental phase. Like people are still trying to figure out what they're used for. And, but one of the kind of like emerging use cases is for kind of to unite communities and let them achieve, you know, a common goal. So in the case of uh, super rare and the rare token, you know, one of the thing, one of the challenges that we often thought about was like, okay, how do we make super rare more impactful and, you know, support more artists and support, you know, more collectors, right? We're trying to bring art collecting to a much greater audience. And so how do we do that, you know, with our, you know, small, uh, you know, in my opinion, very excellent curation team, right? They can only, you know, process so many applications. Um, we can only interview so many different artists. And so how do we open this up in a way, um, you know, that's fun, that's engaging, that still, you know, highlights quality art. And so that was kind of the initial sort of motivation behind the token was to bring everybody who's a fan of super rare, who uses the platform, and get them involved in the curation process. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan, what was your perception of, of the token? Yeah, just kind of piggyback, piggybacking on uh, what, what John said. Um, I see it as a natural evolution of the platform. So um, Super has uh, been around for about three and a half years. We're in, we're in year four now. And uh, when we started in 2018, the concept of NFTs was uh, extremely new and the con concept of collecting digital art on the blockchain was extremely new. And actually the NFT technical token standard was still yet to be finalized when we, when we launched uh, the first version of SuperRare. And so all that is to say that um, there was no collector market when we started. Um, there was no like popularity around NFTs. This was like a obscure corner of a obscure technology. Um, and given that we saw it as the most important thing in order, you know, we wanted to make this thing huge. We saw this as, um, you know, the, the potential to, um, you know, make digital art collecting a widespread, you know, global phenomenon, like web scale, like, you know, uh, really make this impactful, huge and Mm. Um, you know, radically changed the life of, of creators on the internet. Um, but the first step in doing that was really to help people understand it, to kind of bootstrap a new market, get people collecting, kind of get the whole thing off the ground. Um, and in order to do that, you know, quickly with a very small team in a capital constrained way, because again, you know, we were three guys like mm. working out of bars and coffee shops in, in Brooklyn, New York. Right. Um, the best way to do that, uh, we thought, was to just, you know, um, do in-house curation, keep it, make like an exclusive uh, platform, focus on getting, you know, really good artists and really passionate collectors and start kind of like a white hot center. And, um, it, you know, at, at the expense of, um, you know, decentralization, um, meaning, you know, our team, maintained uh, kind of curatorial control for uh, for the initial phase of Super Air. Um, it was all in the name of kind of like getting this thing off the ground, helping popularize the concept of NFTs and of digital art collecting. 
Um, and so, you know, and that actually took longer than we thought. Um, we were quite early to market. And if you look at the, the graph of SuperRare's uh, marketplace activity, it's almost laughable how, <laughs> how flat it was for the first like two, two and a half years. Mm. Um, and it really was a passion project. We um, had a, you know, we had an immediate uh, core passionate community of artists and uh, other enthusiasts as the kind of collector community was, uh, you know, the collector side of the community was still getting bootstrapped. Um, but fast forward to 2020, things really started to take off. And then obviously this year in 2021, we've seen um, kind of eye-popping, uh, you know, awareness and adoption of NFTs. And so um, what I, you know, what I mean by as a next evolution of the platform is we see it now as, as, as um, the time to kind of take a step back from controlling many parts of the platform that we initially built and kind of hand it over to the community. And so key to that are, uh, or, you know, the, the, the first and most important piece of that is the curation. So like who gets to use SuperRare, who gets to decide what is good art and what isn't, who gets to decide what, uh, what curators are on the platform. Um, and so the, the Rare token is essentially the vehicle by which uh, the community can increasingly get involved and take the reins as we step back as founders and um, let this thing truly evolved in, evolve into a decentralized uh, art market. Mm. And Charles, how do you feel about the token? Um, well, extremely excited um, as far as like just from our engineering team and the company as a whole. Uh, it was just such an amazing opportunity to see such like kind of a united push. So that was just um, really cool as a as a first time founder. Um, but yeah, just like I mean, I both the sentiments and reasons John and Jonathan gave 100 uh, percent agree with. I would even like from a more technical perspective, it's just amazing that as we, the reasons we can do move to a more decentralized um, way of running super rare is because of the, the smart contracts and the fact that the token exists as um, under a smart contract, we can encode the um, sort of laws, almost like, you know, like you have gravity forcing a lot of things happening in the real world. Mm -hmm. uh, with the token, we can kind of create, um, better and um, really innovative means of uh, running, uh, improving the network and writing, right. creating the right incentives to like, let the, like Jonathan said, like let the community kind of like roll with it and come up with, cause not, we don't, we don't hundred percent know like what are the best ideas. So this mm -hmm. is like a way to kind of like right. really grab some of the power of all the other people who are benefiting right. from some career. I've been in touch with some, well, a lot of different NFT artists and traditional artists and different people, but um, there's an artist named Sky Nicholas who does a lot of posting on Twitter about Super Rare. Are you familiar with this uh, person? In any case, um, he was saying something about um, the idea of the smaller artists who need support and blue chip artists at the top who made a lot of ETH kind of... Um, like diversification, like people who have a large supply of the token could help smaller artists. Do, does any of that kind of um, logic come into play or do you think that's something that the community is gonna kind of work out over a period of time? 
Do you mean in, in that the sense that, um, or I guess I guess I don't fully understand the question. Um, I think there's in general, not just with super rare, but I think in general in the NFT community, there's kind of like people that have a lot of have amassed a lot of Ethereum, and there's people who don't have as much, and diversification becomes kind of a a question. I was just wondering, like, how the super is there a, a plan for how the super rare token gets um, uh, handled with different different people, or is it just sort of something that the community kind of builds as a beehive in a certain way? Well, for, um, so maybe to look at that that question in a um, slightly different light, and uh, feel free to re-ask it if this isn't what you mean, but. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the limitations that we've seen as we've, um, you know, grown and operated this market for the past three and a half years is that, um, you know, art and artists uh, are here, you know, like John mentioned, this is a peer-to-peer -peer platform and mm -hmm. we're all here creating art and collecting together. But at the end of the day, um, you need promotion as an artist, you need to you know, everyone wants to be featured in a blog post or a video or have their thing uh, reshared. And as we're, you know, as we were growing the initial model, um, as you know, as a single team, we you know we kind of reached capacity a while ago to give a helping hand to promote everyone's new drop and to um, really you know do what we could do what we can to support independent artists. Mm -hmm. And so along with the rare token, um, a major, you know, we we're, we're kind of, we kind of unveiled a, a 2.0 version of, of super rare, which is centered around this concept of spaces. So spaces are um, a, a, a new thing on super rare. It's essentially independently uh, operated and curated galleries or storefronts. And um, these are gonna be voted in by rare holders. And so it's it's community governance, it's community control of who these new gallerists, these new operators are. Mm -hmm. um, and as these roll out, there's going to be more and more essentially storefronts or galleries that can uh, do the do promoting of artists that they work with. So that's basically a, you know a long, a long way of saying um, there's this new surface area for. Um, more artists for artists to get more promotion in more different ways on super rare and mm. um, we see that as a, a long-term and sustainable solution to this problem that you mentioned which is certain artists you know it's kind of the, lo the laws of distribution uh, um, are true in crypto art just like they're true in you know the music charts and pretty much like any mm -hmm. other human activity where you know, a, a small handful of artists are the most popular and earn the most money. Um, mm -hmm. And so spaces along with the, commu the community control and the community curation of them is really our, our long-term play to you know, maximize, maximize the promotional surface area and try to iron out these inequities. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what, uh, John, I was going to ask you, uh, John Crane, I was going to ask you about um, uh, super rare am i am i mistaken or is it is it is it more of a digital art nft platform than it is kind of a combination of other forms uh yeah so super rare is focused on uh, digital art so more so digital creators and then uh then say um 
I mean, I, I'm coming from mostly a traditional art background. Um, and I also am showing and making physical art um, and NFTs. And there was that kind of uh, that moment where it was like traditional artists were wondering how they could be NFT artists if they weren't working digitally. Um, have has there so it's always been digital then is what you're saying it, yes well um so yeah we designed for uh you know like in my mind kind of early on when i was you know doing uh or you know learning about processing and you know making you know just art that i personally enjoyed making the, the question arose in my mind like well, could i have or like sell like digital art like as you could like sell someone a github repo or like you know um just this thing i was pondering and so when i saw nfts i was like oh i think this is you know sort of the a perfect and you know pretty simple solution if you did want to sell you know a digital like original mm -hmm. but you have this you know simple certification you know a, a certificate of authenticity is maybe another way to think about it um, so we, it, we built the, the tools for digital artists, but we also saw people using super air, like selling physical art, at the, like, you know, through an NFT and then kind of like outside of super air, you know, the artist and the collector kind of coordinating, uh, you know, a pickup of the art or they would ship it to mm -hmm. one another. Um, so yeah, I think probably within the first couple months, you know, we saw, we saw that happening. So it, it does happen. It's not a, a primary, um, you know, feature. Um, but I, I think that's one of the interesting things, you know, with the path taking, you know, with the rare token is like, you know, maybe that should be an area of focus if there's, you know, if there's a lot of interest there and we kind of want to, you know, get other people involved. Um, so it happens. It hasn't been a focus for us, but I think it certainly think it's a, a very interesting, you know, use case for NFTs. Okay, that's cool. I'm going to ask Charles a similar question. What? How do you feel? Because you were working for Artnet. Um, how do you feel the traditional art world has kind of intersected with the NFT world? Hmm. Um, well, I think like we've we've really seen. Um, a lot of adoption in the more recent times um we I mean, so actually back in 20 the summer of 2018 we attended a, a christie's event and they were actually talking about blockchain and whatnot so i think it's like they've been aware of the potent or various aspects of the traditional world has been aware of um, the potential but you know hasn't uh it didn't really come onto the radar i would say until like earlier this year as um you know something that collectors were super mm. serious in in participating in um and i guess like yeah like the 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 real superpower i or i've, I've been seeing is that because the the provenance and the market signaling happens instantly uh it just makes the market um, a little bit faster and kind of encourages more collectors to um, participate just because mm -hmm. they can be aware that there's someone thought something was valuable that versus um, it might, you know, if a, in a regular auction house, it might take a lot 
longer for someone around the world to know that this really cool sculpture was sold that they they would have been interested in you know with yeah. it being all recorded on chain because that's just the only place where really um you know encouraging things to happen uh it, it just like allows the network the, the market to uh kind of happen faster mm. um and so i think like that's that's going to be a value that the traditional art world will want to take advantage of um because you're only kind of i feel like you're you're limit you're on purposely limiting yourself when you have to go and pay to search how expensive an artwork sold for a while ago rather than having that information like be presented to you by okay. the actual place to to purchase so nothing yeah yeah answered yeah and jonathan perkins um I wanted to ask you, was there, what was that moment? Was there a moment like a highlight in the last number of years with super rare where something, where you just realized that something really epic was happening and you, you were, it was just like edge of your seat, like just like unbelievable moment. Yeah. I mean, um, it's interesting that there's always been a, a spark of magic around super rare, even when it was, uh, yeah, the website was extremely ugly and, uh, you know, the only people collecting art was like, you know, people on us on the team and the other artists kind of collecting each other's art. There was always like at least one person per week that was like, holy shit, you guys are doing something like really, really, really huge. Like, I don't fully understand it yet, but like, I'm, I'm hooked, you know, and so we would like, even when in the ridiculously early days, we would get, we would get that sentiment. And so um, that's just been something kind of almost magical about, about Super Rare from, from the beginning is this uh, people kind of coming out of the woodwork to, uh, to connect with us um, about it. But like I said, we were operating in, in uh, obscurity for a very long time. And uh, even in the NFT space, the art use case was, was really, Kind of overlooked and it was all about gaming like all the um you know people at conferences uh you know on nfts it was like all about gaming and people were like oh what are you doing with art like nobody cares about that or like all the investors in their <laughs> early days wanted right. to be about, about gaming um and so that that kind of became the norm and then you know again like i mentioned in 2020 was a really big growth year for the whole space and uh for uh, for art and artists and, and the convergence of nfts and i think it was around um the time that uh that the dj a musician named dead uh started getting into nfts and, and did a release on, on super rare um he has you know quite a bit of mainstream appeal Many of my friends who are completely not in the NFT or crypto industry at all, you know, follow Dead Mouse. And so that was a that was a day where a bunch of my friends started texting me and and you know hitting me up uh, online and saying like what like mm. you know th this famous musician that that I've gone to concerts and you know I follow on Instagram is like is doing something with your obscure startup like <laughs> what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, and from there, I think we saw kind of expanding awareness and, you know, more and more, you know, quote unquote, like mainstream uh, people start talking about NFTs. But I do remember that as, as this moment where um, a lot of my friends or, you know, people in my circle, uh, 
that had you know, loosely known or not understood what, what I've been working on for the past like two or three years uh, started being like, holy shit, this might be a, an actual thing. Mm. That's great. Well, I know the three of you are busy today, so we don't have to go a full hour. Um, I wanted to thank you for joining me. I know this is going to be an extremely popular podcast. Um, and um, uh, be sure to follow uh, me on Twitter and uh, keep, keep in touch over the next little bit with uh, your projects, uh, especially with what's happening with the token. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks again, Noah, for having us on. Really, uh, mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Yeah, great being on. Mm-hmm. Thank, you, thank you so much, Noah. Yeah, and um, if you have any podcasts or any stuff going on, it's super rare. I'd be happy to join you, or it would be great to do a part two at some point once you, seeing as you're having um, so many things uh, popping up lately. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Yeah, just just found you on Twitter, so great. Um, you, you can uh, slide into my DMs. No Excellent. Problem. Let's be in touch. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great day, guys. All right. All right. Thanks, okay. so much, Thanks so much. You Take care. Bye bye.